Hello and welcome to Bread. We're a newish, spirit-filled, non-denominational church and we hope to be meeting in a new building somewhere in the Los Feliz area very soon in 2021. We are in a new phase of lockdown life. The first Sunday of each month will be a live Zoom service at 10.30am. Do join us for those. We found it to be pretty soul-restoring to get together in a way that feels real, virtual as they may be. The other three services of the month are pared down, consisting of just a talk and a song of worship. We plan to provide you with more online worship and teaching resources, and to pour our energies into more personal connections. Please get in touch with us if you'd like to schedule a call, or if you'd like us to be praying for you in specific ways. But in the meantime, join us on our quest to understand Jesus' call to rest. It's both active and essential, and is the place out of which Jesus could be and do all that he was called to. It may well feel like this is the least intuitive thing to be focusing on right now, for reasons we could probably all list, but it is what we believe God is calling us to, a reorientation of our soul towards him and others. We're praying for you and we're here. Enjoy this week's podcast. And if you haven't met me, my name is Raul. I work for Bread, and I'm so happy that you can join us from wherever you may be. And I hope to meet you soon. Um, Here, Ed and Hannah put out a statement on the Capitol riots and violence from last week. And if you'd like to know more about where we stand on these current events, please do visit our website and check out that statement. Uh, But for now, we are deeply committed to the way of Jesus, apart from any ounce of nationalism or other idol. And we're here to see God's kingdom come in the love-abundant, transformative, and inclusive way that is so evident in the life and ministry of Jesus. So on to the talk. Um, In the coming weeks, we'll be covering the subject of rest. In the story of the Bible, rest is where we realize our true selves. It is where we become empowered, and it is a form of resistance to the powers that demand our time, our attention, our devotion at our own expense and also at the expense of others. And today I want to draw our attention to Jesus because he is where our rest begins. I'd like to read this passage out of Matthew 11. It reads this, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Growing up, Uh, My family had a routine as we got in the car, as many of us do. It involved checking the mirrors, adjusting the seat, and putting on our seat belts. The last one was my least favorite. I hated wearing my seat belt so much so that my parents had to physically put the seat belt on me up until I was about 15. Just kidding. 
Um, but there were several times as a child when I'd get away without wearing my seatbelt and I'd climb all over the car. We had an Aerostar, if you remember those iconic vans. And one time we got pulled over because I was climbing in the back seat, reaching for some strawberries. I just wanted a snack and I couldn't wait to get home. And an officer saw me and he pulled us over and he asked to speak with me. And he said, so why were you not wearing your seatbelt? And I said, I don't like it. And in my eight-year-old mind, I didn't like the seatbelt because it was uncomfortable, but more accurately because it was constricting. I wanted to move easily and freely, but I wasn't able to because I was strapped to the seat of the car. And as of late, I think with the lockdowns, we're all feeling somewhat constricted, depleted, uneasy, weary, and that's because we're not meant to live this way. We're not meant to be constricted. We're not meant to be confined or trapped. We're meant to live freely, easy, and light. And a person of color is far more familiar with a constricted existence, if we're honest. And we've seen these experiences come to the forefront. Injustices over centuries have constricted people of color in various degrees. And black lives and indigenous lives being the hardest hit. And what we're seeing today is a cry to live freely and light that has erupted from centuries of oppressive acts rooted in sin. Because sin is anything that would keep humans from flourishing. And God is at work to release humans from the power of sin so that we can flourish again alongside of Him. Because it is sin that has creatively made life burdensome and weary. It has constricted humanity in every aspect of life and Jesus wants to uproot it from our hearts and from our communities. And as Jesus is saying these words in Matthew 11, he is speaking to a people like us, to a people who are constricted, trapped, tightened on every end. They are under the oppressive rule of a foreign government and their own leaders have turned their backs on them. And so while their experience is uh, different from ours, there is this common uh, experience, a constricted experience. See, the Romans were ruthless and unwavering. They taxed 90% of the people's income, leaving them with hardly anything to live. They couldn't run down and get a cup of coffee because 90% of their income was gone. And most of the religious leaders who were supposed to look out for the people instead were self-centered and self-serving. They made it difficult for people to know and worship God by making unrealistic demands. And there was also a radical group of people called zealots who were actively engaged in violence against oppressors. They're, they pressured people to join their agenda or risk being labeled a traitor or a Roman sympathizer. And so imagine with me the tension in the cities the political uncertainty and the ethnic clashes. Sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? 
And yet in this climate, in this context, we see God in the middle of it. And in this time, Jesus makes this invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, the question I'd like to ask is, are you tired? Or are you worn out? Are you burdened? Can we give ourselves permission to feel honestly? To be real with ourselves? For some, we may be feeling tired of being confined to our homes. We miss being out and getting on with our lives. And to those of us, Jesus says, come. Others of us are facing financial uh, uncertainty and food scarcity as we've lost jobs and opportunities. And to those of us, Jesus says, come. Some of us have lost loved ones and we're grieving. And to those of us, Jesus says, come. Particularly for myself and possibly others of color, uh, at this, this is a time of heightened anxiety as we've seen white supremacists fully at work in the forefront of our society. And in the anxiety and uncertainty of it, Jesus says, come. Wherever we may find ourselves, whatever has burdened us, whatever has worn us out and made us weary, Jesus invites us to come. An invitation is one of the warmest gestures we can express. And the tone of Jesus' words here is one of compassion, of warmth, and of serene. He invites us in because he loves us, because he knows the weight of everything that we're carrying. And he says, give me the weight. Let me take on the burden. When I was in school, um, my, mom and, my mom would buy my sister and I rolling backpacks, if you remember those. They're probably not a thing anymore for obvious reasons. But when I was in school, Jansport was it. If you had a Jansport backpack, you were cool. You, were, you, you could hang out with the popular kids. You were um, immediately respected. And if you had an Everest or any other branded backpack, if you had a rolling backpack specifically, um, then people felt sorry for you or you were overlooked. I had an Everest branded rolling backpack, the worst combo. And when I began to catch on to the attitudes and feelings around someone who owned a rolling backpack, I went to my mom and asked her two things. The first thing I asked was, why would you ruin my social life? And the second thing was, can you buy me a Jansport backpack? And she said this to me. She said, hijo, I don't want you to strain your back. And I believe Jesus is saying something similar to us. He's saying, daughter, son, I do not want you to strain your soul. Give it to me. I'll carry the heavy load and rest your soul. Could it be that we may be praying for strength when we should be praying for rest? Could it be that maybe Jesus is saying to us, let me be strong in your weakness? The Greek for I will give you rest is translated, I will rest you. Because Jesus is the source of our rest. Have you ever gone on vacation and then get back and you realize you need a vacation from your vacation? You need rest from your rest. And 
our rest and the roller coaster of our contacts isn't necessarily in taking more naps or getting away on vacation, although we certainly need those, but it is in the one who rests our souls, the one who puts our souls at ease. See, the common idea is that if you feel uh, tired, constricted, uh, strained, burned out, it's because you haven't rested long enough. But I know of people who go on vacation and come back and are just as strained and restless as when they left. And if I'm honest, I've been that person. However, Jesus tells us the opposite. He says, if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're burned out, it may be because we haven't let him carry us. How then do we enter this rest? See, Jesus says it plainly. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke was a farm tool. It was a wooden beam that paired two animals together for work on the field. And this image represents a close alliance, a union. And in using this image, what Jesus is saying is come alongside me. Be in union with me and I will rest your soul. As we learn the pace of Jesus, as we learn to move like Jesus, as we uh, follow his direction, we experience this rest. Then the question becomes, are we willing to be yoked to Jesus? The temptation is to be yoked to none other than ourselves, to lead ourselves, to run ourselves. Or we're tempted to be yoked to something we fully understand, something we can control, something we can predict, something that is comfortable. However, to be yoked to Jesus is a risk because we're compelled to follow his lead, to trust his direction, and to go where we may not feel comfortable to go. However, if we are to do anything worthwhile, anything meaningful, anything God-honoring, we must be willing to be yoked to Jesus because we cannot do this life apart from him. And this is what he says in John. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Imagine with me for a second how silly it would be if, if you were to use your household appliances without them being plugged into a power source. You'd be walking your vacuum around the house, uh, just rolling it around without picking up an ounce of dust. And yet sometimes we fall into the thought that we can do kingdom things apart from the king. When we're yoked to Jesus and we're rested, that's when we become useful. See, rest is not somewhere is not somewhere we get to, it's somewhere we start from. It is a foundation for all that we're called to be and do. Each of us are designed with a drive to be useful. We're made for much more than taking up space. We're meant to live. Patrick Reyes is an author of the book called Nobody Cares When We Die, and it is about growing up as a minority in America when systems and structures are designed to work against you. 
And in this book, he talks about for he. And in this book, he talks about how for him and others like him, from urban communities, God simply called him to live, to make it into adulthood when so many forces were working against him. And he says this. He says that for him. God was calling him into adulthood so that he can be useful. And Jesus invites us to rest so that we can be useful. But notice how backwards this is. Typically, in our world, you rest only when you've been useful. You get vacation days when you've accrued hours in your usefulness. But the way of Jesus says, start from rest, start from abiding, start from here. There's nothing that you have to do. There's no amount of church hours you need to put in. There's no amount of prayer hours you need to log in to rest. This, friends, is grace. And culture says uh, rest is earned. Rest is for those who've put in work. Rest is for those who've who've uh, shed blood, sweat, and tears. And here Jesus comes along and he says, come rest, I'll do the heavy lifting and you'll do more than you can ever think or imagine. We become useful as we rest because in that place, God mends our broken souls. He puts us back together regardless of how fractured we may be. And in this passage, Jesus says of himself that he is gentle. Have you ever had an open wound and someone comes by flinging their arms, uh, being rowdy and rambunctious? Notice how that makes us tense up. It makes us defensive and protective because the wound is exposed. But what eases us in those moments is someone to come in who is mindful of the wound, who can navigate the pain, one of the first questions I ask when I'm looking for a new dentist is, are they gentle? Because I've had terrible experiences, painful experiences. And I, I'm, I want someone who uh, can be gentle. And how much more with our souls? When it comes to our souls, what we need is someone who is gentle. We need the one who knows the pain, the one who is mindful of the cracks, the one who can gently put us back together. This is who Jesus is for us. He gently mends us as we rest so that we can become useful to other broken souls. This is what Isaiah says of the one we need. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt he won't disregard, the small and insignificant, but he'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and quit. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work to set things right on earth. This, friends, is the person of Jesus. Jesus rests our souls from what is constricting and ill-fitting, and he sets us up to live freely and light. And today, I invite us to set our eyes upon him and again come to him. So here, Jesus asks us again, are you tired? Are you worn out, burned out on religion? 
come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and light. Friends, may we walk in this. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the rest that you offer. We thank you that you offer a true rest, a rest in the deepest parts of our being. And Lord, wherever we are, we come to you right now. And God, would you give us the courage to take up your yoke, to keep in step with you, to keep company with you. And God, in doing so, would you mend our souls, the parts of us that are in pain, the parts of us that are broken. Would you mend us and would you help us to live this life with you? God, would you fill us again with your spirit? Would you remind us of how much you love us? And God, I pray in this time that you would visit us. Lord, we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Who makes the sun to rise and bring the earth new life in every beam? Jesus, it is you. Who turns the day to night and watches me as I begin to dream? Jesus, it is you. Who brings me food for my table? Who cares for all of my needs? walks the road with me, has grown with me through all that I have been. Jesus, it is you. Jesus, it is you. So I lift my hands and I bring my song. Jesus, it is you.
tells the storm to rest when I am overwhelmed and cannot speak. Jesus is you. Who has my guilt on his shoulders? Who holds my heart in his hands? Who takes my thoughts and fears and hangs them on the arms of Calvary? Jesus, it is you. Jesus, it is you. So I lift my hands And I bring my song All of my days, all of my rights And all of my wrongs Jesus is